Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time, y'all. It's time for another episode of Believe in Kentucky alongside AG Aaron Gershaw. My name is Vinny Hardy. Taylor Whitlow is still vacationing, so we'll get him back when he gets done visiting family and friends and all that. AG, you visiting family and friends and, and hopped on here anyway, so appreciate that, man. How you doing down there? Of course, man. It's great. Got a few more days down here, enjoying the weather, and you know, back home Monday, but I uh, can't complain and you know, I thought it would be kind of a good time to get away because there wouldn't be much happening. But uh, there's been hasn't been crazy by any means, but we've had some action, which is a good for the most part. Good news on the football side. Basketball is just one call it bad news. It's kind of just oddly quiet slash a couple things leaving the program. So, you know, we'll hit all, all that. And uh, baseball's done a 180 since we talked a week ago. So we'll get to that as well. So, you know, those three sports, there's a there's plenty to pull from there. Absolutely. And I'm peeping at your Knicks. It's halftime right now. Halftime, yeah. It was, uh, what is it, three-point game. Yeah, yeah. Randall hit a three. Yeah, almost hit the buzzer. So, yeah. Just don't don't end the season at the Garden, man. Those fans are too good to see a, a heartbreaker like that. How many Knicks games have you been to at the Garden? Have you? Oh, you... man, it's been a while now. But um, at least five or six. The last That's one I remember was actually Christmas Day against Washington when John Wall was still there and that was a game oh, okay. that John Wall and Quincy Acey got into it so okay that's the, I think that's the last one at the garden I've been to if I remember correctly but I was obviously just at the garden for uh the UCLA Kentucky game not a fun one for Kentucky but a yeah. fun experience for sure exactly exactly it's like you mentioned already we we had incoming additions outgoing departures the incoming addition we got a we were talking about um uh, Corlin Ford coming in and then you had the ripple effect yes. with Wallabaugh and uh, um man Buford uh, Buford thank you DeAndre Buford mm-hmm. leaving and so you're like oh you get a, a plug and play guy but then the depth and now you know the rotation takes a hit right and so you know uh I meant to get the tweet ready to share, but you saw Big Dog talking about, boom, we got the big blue wall, another important piece. And that piece came from Ohio, came from Ohio State in a former another lineman for the big blue wall. So what, Ben Christman? Yeah. Yeah, former four-star prospect, top-rated offensive lineman in Ohio his year, which, you know, that's a pretty good state uh, to be the top-ranked guy. So um, it was a three-star transfer, but four-star uh, at a high school who, you know, didn't get much clock. But you look at the guys he's been in in the room with at Ohio State, and it was uh, five different draft picks that he got to learn under, including Paris Johnson, who was just, you know, the sixth overall pick in the draft by Arizona. So, you know, he's, <laughs> it seems like uh, Ohio State, obviously there's always going to be that kind of connection with the two programs because a lot of the higher guys, you know, Vince Marrow tries to get, and they end up going to Ohio State because, you know, it's hard to get an Ohio kid that, has the chance to play at Ohio State to go to not go to Ohio State. That's usually the dream school, you know, for all those kids. So, um, 
Vince Marrow did, uh, I think all three of the guys they've gotten out of, out of Ohio State the last two years, Darian Hunter-Young, um, Jansen Dunn, and now Ben Crispin, all were guys that Kentucky offered and pursued out of high school and just didn't get. Um, so, you know, those connections are working. Um, we didn't get to see Dorian Hung, Young, Henry Young that much last year, but I, we'll, we'll see what he does this year. Uh, I think Jansen Dunn's going to have a pretty prominent role in the secondary. I think uh, – I think J.Q. Hardaway had a sense he's going to play more, but I still think Jansen Dunn's going to get some clock. And now, you know, Christman is a guy, what I really like about him is he has three years left. So this year where you have two veteran guards, uh, Horsey, who's in his last year of eligibility, and then um, Eli Cox, who has two years, but he has a good year. I think, you know, you probably see him take the next step and go pro. Mm -hmm. uh, he can be a guy you plug in right away next year. And then Tanner Bulls, I believe, as well, only has one year too. So and Marcus Cox. So you need some guys who are going to be around long-term. You need some guys, too, uh, that, you know, you don't have to necessarily develop from the ground up. Like, you're going to have to uh, with some of these freshmen that are coming in or here. Um, the Grant Bingham's a redshirt freshman. Um, name is slipping me. The kid that was here for the spring that they had at center. Um, but Austin Ramsey, who's incoming. So it, it's good to get some a guy who's been around college football two years. I know he only played, I think, uh, nine snaps all together and it was all in one game last year but uh, he's coming from the right program that he's learned a lot Colby Keenum's the other name I was looking at mm -hmm. but um yeah I mean two four offensive line transfers uh, I think it tells you all you need to know about how seriously the coaching staff has taken what happened last year yeah yeah they they've been talking it but now you see them <laughs> they're going to back it up by their actions too and on top of you know Chrisman coming in um, I don't see anything new. You probably you might know something I don't, but they offered Tyler Knack from Utah yes. as yeah, well. Yeah, he's visiting uh, next, not this weekend, next weekend. Okay, and he's got a you know ton of offers. He tweets out all the offers: Kentucky, yeah. Buffalo, Old Dominion, Liberty, Hawaii, UMass, and just you know App yeah. State. A lot of <laughs> O lines are priority for a lot of squads. Yeah, and I think and, uh, I think that one's going to come down to Kentucky and Stanford. So we'll see. The, uh, We'll see what happens. I know Stanford is like going through the clearance type thing with their academics, you know, Stanford, <laughs> whole different animal out there. But uh, uh, I think it's going to come down to those two. And again, that would be another guy that kind of falls under that category where, you know, a guy with one year of experience, Utah is a great program, one of the more underrated programs in the country mm -hmm. uh, and won't have to, you know, no pressure to play this year and probably wouldn't even play this year, um, you know, with the tackles they do have, but, maybe could work himself to like that two, three line on the depth chart even. So, yeah, I mean, they got, mm -hmm. I think, four or five scholarships still to play with, and why not add to your biggest area of need? Yeah, yeah. And here, Kentucky, Stanford, you know, you don't think about a, a big history between them, but, you know, <laughs> back in, in, in 98, they played in the Final Four. That's Kentucky right. beat Stanford to go on to beat Utah. Kentucky and Stanford playing this weekend in men's tennis. So, mm. you know, and now you talk about Kentucky and Stanford possibly coming down to those two for uh, for Tyler Knack. So, yeah, um, men's tennis in the tournament hosting and the Stanford Cardinal are, are coming to town. So, you know, hope Kentucky survives and advances there as well. Um, keeping it positive, like you said, do the positive mm. first. Um, and we talked about it neither one of us were very optimistic last week mm. because we talked about Kentucky baseball is getting to the point of the schedule where stack a bunch of wins and now you're in the meat grinder portion of the schedule because you got 
South Carolina at Tennessee. Then you got Florida. Florida. You got 11 wins. You're 11 and 10. You got to win three. Try to get one in each series. And they're like, nah, we're just going to get three right now. We're just going to sweep South Carolina right quick. And <laughs> wild, man. <laughs> man, that's, that's, you know, uh, what Auburn took two out of three from LSU. Uh, Georgia takes two out of three from Tennessee. Yep. Vandy <laughs> lost two out of three to Bama after everything that happened down there. I mean, it was another one. The SEC has been absolutely bonkers this year. It's been even, I mean, it's always crazy competitive, but the parody this year has been just insane. I mean, I think usually there's like, I mean, last year was Tennessee who I forgot what their final SEC record was. I know they won the SEC tournament, but they only lost two or three games, you know, the whole conference here, two of them to Kentucky. Mm -hmm. um, single digit losses, the whole single digit losses. Yeah. Right. Until right. So they yeah. just had a stupid season this year. You know, a lot of teams are having great years. I mean, LSU is 16, seven in the conference. They've been number one almost all year. I think Wake Forest just took that mm -hmm. from them for the first time. Uh, Arkansas, 17 and seven conference play. Um, Vandy, 17, and seven in conference play, but you know, everyone else, it's 15-9, 14-9, Kentucky at 14-10, and 10, Tennessee at 12-12. and 12. I mean, it, it, so. And they it, started 5-10. and 10, so. Right. So the parody is just on. <laughs> I mean, you look at the SEC West, man. Alabama 11-13, A&M 11-13, Auburn 11-13. It's crazy. So uh, tons of parody. Um, anyone could beat anyone on any given weekend. And um, Kentucky was one of those teams where they had an, they played pretty much perfect baseball. And they, you know, they're small ball approach found its way to work again and really the offense has never really been the issue uh even during the cold streak i think the pitching you could chalk up more to with it to that but uh they did a little bit of everything this past weekend and they got the job done and not only did they get the job done you look at you know d1 baseball's last um bracket prediction which dropped today they went from being a two seed and having to go on the road somewhere to being the number eight seed in the whole tournament, which would put them, you know, in a position where not only could they host super regionals or host regionals, but if, you know, they win, <laughs> they could host uh, supers too, uh, if things break the right way. So just, just crazy. Um, actually, I think they would host supers because they would be the eight. Yeah, I think they would. So it's amazing how, how much a week can change. And that's baseball. You know, in major leagues, obviously, you know, a month, I would say, like, it's crazy how things would change in a month because there's so many games. Uh, but with college baseball and the SEC, you know, after every weekend, you look at the standings this year and it's it's insane. So, you know, props to the, the Kentucky baseball team, props to uh, Coach Mingione, the players, of course. I mean, they did an outstanding job. And, you know, at this point, I'd probably say just go 500 this last two weekends and you're probably in a really good spot to host. Mm -hmm. Because it it was getting to that point, it, it could have went one of two ways, you know. Because there's there's been three or four years where it hasn't been what he wants it to be, what mm -hmm. fans want it to be. Um, since basically his first year, it's been you know struggle bus, and now you you hit that adversity, you know you you losing series, getting swept, and are we going to splinter? Are we going to kind of fracture now? And and you know, is the boat going to take in water and are we going to just right. fall apart and waste everything we did? And credit to them, like you said, you, you come out, you know, gut check. Basically, we, that's, we basically that's said right. it's that's gut exactly check right. time. Come out and sweep a top five team. 
you handle business again in the midweek against Tennessee Tech, and now you come down here uh, playing Tennessee. You know, took them two out of three last year. You're better than you were last year. They're not yes. as good as they were last year. They've come back down to earth, and they, you know, styles make fights. They defensively, you know, Kentucky small ball approach could put pressure on their defense and can lead to errors. And you know, mm-hmm. you know, they small park and they go yard a lot and they play great at home. They're kind of like the Warriors. They're, they're not good on the road, but they're they're pretty good. Twenty four and four at home, man. Yeah, twenty four and four. Two of those losses to A and M, and the other one was to uh, to Louis- one to Louisville, and there was a loss in there. Uh, it's blanking what the other one was, but yeah, crazy. Four, uh, four road losses, four home losses. Did Tennessee Tech beat them there? No, they won. Ten- oh, last- Tennessee? No, that was last year. Um, was it last? Kentucky won ten and one in the midweek this year. They lost to Louisville. I'm trying to think who the other home loss was though. But, oh, yeah, I thought three- you were talking about Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. Yeah, they were last year. At Lindy. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that ten- yeah, that Tennessee Tech game was a neutral site last year. They oh, okay. That. All right. Yeah, okay. Tennessee Smokies part, but yeah. Oh, same okay. thing though. Kentucky at home too. <laughs> Both yeah. of those teams. Because mm, at midweek, it's night and day from last year to this oh year for God. Kentucky. That's why they missed the tournament last year because, <laughs> you know, they ended up with the over 14 conference wins because they won the four games, I think it was, in the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. And they lost to EKU, WKU, and Indiana. And that's what kept yeah. them out of the dance. Yeah. Uh, this year, none of that. You know, they lost the one midweek game to Louisville, but Louisville's not a bad team by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost, And then at home, I mean, they're 24-4 and four at home. That, and that is huge because it's very similar to the to the net in uh, college basketball where the RPI, how it works, where the home losses, you got to take care of business at home, especially if they're playing a bad team. It's going to hurt you more. Like, mm-hmm. for example, if Kentucky had lost this game to Tennessee Tech yesterday, uh, that would have hurt them and they would have dropped in the RPI. Just like if like Kentucky's basketball's home loss to South Carolina. Or mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But um, if you take care of business at home, you're, you're going to be in really good shape. And if you play 500 or more in Kentucky's 10 and nine on the road, uh, things are going to take care of itself. And you go from a team that the RPI kept them out of the dance last year. And they're number one in it right now in the whole country. And then you, you get to that point, which no matter who it is, it's always somebody who's just on the outside looking in and you, you, you want to fuss and gripe and complain. And, you know, I will state, make a case as to why you should have been there, but, you just mentioned those those midweek games that just bit you in the butt last year, and that's that's what they're gonna point to. You can say, "Look what we did at the end." All you want, we made noise in the tournament. We beat Tennessee, and none of that mattered because it all got undone by those brutal, <laughs> brutal home losses in the midweek. Exactly, <laughs> and that's what that's what toasted the season last year. And you know, <laughs> when it's funny because I, I remember on media day, Nick. Nick had said that, uh, you know, they he talked to an RPI guru and the whole thing about trying to fix the schedule to where, you know, the, that number would have been higher this year. And, you know, you look at the schedule and you're like, oh, at Elon, at Southern Illinois, like what? what? But the, you know what? The more I learned about it, the more I talked to people, I learned that really those road games, man, if you win them, it does, even if they're not the greatest team, just like think about it this way. Mississippi State was 75 in the RPI. Are in the I'm sorry in the net in basketball and Kentucky won that game there and that was kind of the game that turned the season around and that was a quad one win and they kind of kept stacking from there. You look at um, who are those teams? Elon. Elon is 60 in the in the net, in the RPI. Oh. 
Like, so that's about the equivalent of, I, I don't know if it's a, I think it would be a quad one game in baseball too. Wow. Uh, and Southern Illinois is 111. So that's like a quad two road mm. win. So, mm. I mean, it, it, it was very, it was very well done. I, I, I you know, I stand corrected on uh, not being, uh, <laughs> not quite understanding what, uh, what uh, uh, Ming Jeon was doing there. Yeah, because we could just, you know, dismiss it. Ah, like you said, ah, that was, that's not, but they clearly, they add up and got more value than, than we think. So, yeah. Um, that's what I'd say, too. I have one question. Oh, like, is Kendall Rogers, well, he's D1. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who's? Who's like the baseball Lenardi? Do they have a Lenardi? You know, a crew? It's, yeah, Kendall is it, Rogers. Is it him? Them. Okay. There's someone at Baseball America who comes up with a bracket. Ted Cahill, maybe. Oh, I okay. hope I got your that, name right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's correct. Teddy Cahill, if I remember. I'll, I'll confirm it right now, but okay. uh, I'm pretty sure that's who it is. I'm not trying to like put you on the spot. I'm just. Yeah, Teddy Cahill. Uh, I got it right. <laughs> I was just thinking random stuff out loud. Ah, you're good. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, so we got incoming transfers. We talked UK baseball, UK props, Kentucky tennis. I just saw where yeah. Kentucky women's golf like shot a record round, finished 17 under. I don't know where they are, but had like a their best round ever. So you know, just you know, we talk all the big three sports, but give love to the quote unquote non-revenue sports because they're out yeah. there doing their thing too. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we, hopefully, women's basketball can uh, get some better luck here. Um, yeah, because it, it's been a rough off season. All these transfers. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually, it's funny. On my way to Texas before I, um, I got to when I was going to Dallas, and then I came here. I saw both Kyra Elsey and Matthew Mitchell like run into each other at the airport. It wasn't supposed to be that way. Uh, I guess Kyra was going on a recruiting trip somewhere else, and Mitchell was actually on my flight to Dallas. I uh, didn't talk to him or anything. It was like. When I tell you it was like five in the morning, it might have been even earlier than that. So I was not really in a conversation mood at that hour. But uh, uh, yeah, so I saw her on the trail. Hopefully she's, you know, putting a better roster or getting some pieces to fill some holes on that roster, man, because they've gotten killed by the portal. There was another one today. Um, It was, uh, I'll give you the name right here. I know she missed all of last year. Number 11 prospect. Here we go. Uh, Tiana Hurin. Hurin? Hurin? I hope I got your name right. Um, but yeah, 11th ranked player in the class of 2022, out under open heart surgery last summer, was unable to play um, a, a big, which Kentucky we know has been a problem on the women's side, just mm-hmm. not having enough meat in the front court uh, to kind of compete with some of the better teams in the SEC. So, you know, hopefully so there's some portal ads coming because uh, they've they've obviously already lost Jada Walker. They've lost. Yeah. That's Drew point. Edwards last offseason. They lost uh, Treasure Hunt last offseason. So mm-hmm. uh, they got to figure something out because last year obviously wasn't good enough. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jada Walker with leading the conference in steals and, and just, you know, for as bad a year as the team had, she had a good year individually. And you're thinking, oh, that would be nice to have her back next year as a piece to build on. And then she transferred. And I was like, oh, that. That's a that was a tough yeah, one. That was a blow, yes for sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, with you, definitely hope Coach Elsey can can get it turned around, get it get some consistency yeah. going, and and get things get things rolling uh, a little yeah. bit. On the men's side, um, and I was, you know, 
this this class coming in, you know, uh, DJ Wagner and Dillingham, Reed Shepard, and you know Bradshaw and Edwards and all those guys. Wagner coming in from New Jersey, and I'm like, oh cool, you know, Lance is gonna be there, and nope, Lance Ware is <laughs> is gonna be transferring out because I was thinking, you know, you know, he's he's the New Jersey guy that's been there, and yeah, Camden he, too, same city. DJ is finally coming, and you got the whole Camden thing, and um, got a, you know greener pastures, more minutes, trying to get yeah. some clock, that whole thing, and you know it's it's not like it's a nasty bitter nah. split. You know, he, he was wishing the best. Uh, everybody liked Lance, you know, uh, his personality, his toughness, he, you know. Even though he didn't play a lot, he still seemed to have that proper team mindset yeah. and, and didn't get in his feelings or have his ego or anything like that. Love when he would come in and get into it with Euros Plavish for Tennessee because <laughs> they were like mirror images of each other coming in and, and getting Just bully ball. irritants and aggravating and stuff like that. So wish him well wherever he goes, but uh, we'll see how this roster continues to come yeah. together. Yeah, Lance was obviously just a playing time thing. And honestly, like, kudos for him for sticking around as long as he did, right? I mean, a lot of guys, a lot of guys in college sports right now, I mean, whether it was, whether, I guess, I forget which year the portal, like this portal shenanigans, if it was, I think it was after the 21 season, right? After the COVID year, this is when it started that you could just pick up and leave without having to sit the year. But most guys who didn't play year one, they're out the door. You just yeah. look at it everywhere, man. I mean, you look at it just at Kentucky. We've seen it. Devin Askew, other guys. Just We've seen instances of it where they, you don't play year one, you're out the door. Um, Ogano and Nianza was almost in that in that boat. So Khalil Whitney didn't even finish Khalil a season. Khalil Whitney didn't even finish a season. So <laughs> it's just crazy. And you look at how many freshmen are on the portal market from last year. Khalil Ware. I mean, I can go on and on. So Lance Ware sticks with it not only one extra year, but two extra years, you know, plays three years in a very minimum role, uh, still becomes a leader, you know, with what he was able to do off the court and when he was on the court. Um, so you got nothing but respect for that guy and hope that he can find somewhere he can get some run. And, you know, maybe that'll be closer to home. I know St. John's already got a visit. That, I, I just feel like Rick Pitino is dying to get a former Cal kid, you know. <laughs> I don't because I really thought when it got that that's what I heard was the place it was either going to be that UConn or maybe a Providence um, for Ugana when he hit the portal and um, I don't know exactly what, I know UConn had their center come back and that was kind of the nail in the coffin of that idea mm -hmm. um, but I'm not re really sure what happened with uh, St. John's it didn't happen but I'm sure uh, Patino would love to get his hands on uh, on Lance Ware and it would make sense for Lance though because you're you're going to get a chance to play uh, you're really close to home. Mm -hmm. um so maybe that's one but uh we'll see hopefully you find somewhere he can play often uh and play a key role and you know get appreciated like he was here um you know that's where the transfer portal is a good thing because there are situations where guys are patient and it just never happens and you gotta you gotta find something else so you know props to him uh for sticking with it and just being a great leader for this team even though he didn't get to play that much was Kenny Payne trying to get in there and lure him? Yeah, down? I just I think Lance is too. Uh, I don't think Lance would do it, man. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he would do it. Uh, uh, I, I don't. I mean, I know Kenny Payne recruited was the primary recruiter for Lance, and there was some talk about that last off season. You know, when Kenny had just got hired there, but 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess hypothetically it makes sense, but something just feels, I don't know. I, I feel like Lance, Lance wouldn't do that. Maybe I'm wrong. And I would, I would, I'd actually think it would be a good move for him. Uh, I, it would just look yeah. weird. And I, I feel like he's got too much of that Kentucky blue in him to do it. I think so too. But then, you know, Johnny Damon played for your Red Sox and the Yankees. So That's true. But that was know. also, that was also like, we're, we're talking millions of dollars thrown out, man. <laughs> That's true. So, That's true. I don't think uh, Lance wears him to getting that, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, but yeah, but like you said, Patino probably would like it when he, you know, his first interview with Sports Center. I'm just trying to get more. Cal up, right? Yeah. I'm like, man, so, dude. Yeah. I, I just feel like, uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I. I could be off. Wouldn't be the first time I was off, but uh, uh, I know that he was supposed to visit there. If he hasn't already, he's going to. So uh, th- that's real, and it just—I don't know. I don't know. I get the vibe that that's what uh, <laughs> I get. The, I get a vibe that's exactly what Patino would love to do. But mm-hmm. um, you know, for Kentucky, Lance leaving just leaves another spot. I mean, I don't know. I think we're at seven scholarship players at this point, maybe eight. Um, and Brennan, Can- Brennan Canada accounting is one of them. So obviously, you know, he's not going to play, I mean, in the rotation. I mean, yeah. that's just the facts. Mm-hmm. I mean, as of right now, you got Adu- the five freshmen, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Adu Thiero, Brennan mm-hmm. Canada, and those are your scholars. And Ugana Nienza. So you got seven guys. Those are your – did I do that right? No. Reeves, eight. Antonio Reeves. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I assume he didn't get invited to the NBA Combine. Right. So. Yeah. But as of right now, it's seven or eight. I mean, <laughs> seven guys who will play, uh, eight total. So you have, you got spots, man. And uh, we'll see what happens with Reeves. Um, Sheboy getting the NBA Combine invite just, I think that just pushes back the date even further uh, to when we find out what's going to go on with him. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't have it, you know, tomorrow, uh, we're recording this, of course, on Wednesday the 10th. Tomorrow the 11th is the deadline for non uh, non graduate students to enter the portal. So Oscar can enter any time. He could enter on August 5th if he wants mm-hmm. to. He but graduated. Chris, yeah. Right. So Chris Livingston could <laughs> enter the portal by tomorrow, hypothetically. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think he's coming back to college. I think he's going to stay in the draft no matter what happens. Um, but it's all, it's just going to – we we talked about it last week, and we'll get to the point that you made before we started the show about the Canada trip, but – this roster could not it might just not be done until june july like there's just feels like there's too many moving pieces too many unknowns uh on may 10th i mean antonio reeves committed and signed at this point last year you knew who the freshmen were going to be you knew oscar was coming back you knew damien was coming back you knew jacob was coming back uh actually not jacob he took a little longer but we knew severe was coming back you knew cj was coming back so you had you got to do signed in May, so uh, there was just a lot more known at this time last year. Uh, they haven't even officially hired any of the. They have two assistant jobs open, and I know that there's that one name out there that I just hasn't been formally announced, John Welch, and mm-hmm. I don't even want to start talking about it until I know for sure and we have a press release. But it's just things are going very very slow this off season. Uh, maybe Cal's just waiting to see who else enters the portal by tomorrow, but. You know, obviously, Keyshad Johnson, the San Diego State transfers. You know, Kentucky's kind of in that final mix. But, hey, man, it's May 10th, and they have seven real players. I mean, not no offense to Brennan Kano. You can't say Scully, but seven rotational pieces. Johnson is in the mix. Is mm-hmm. 
Kobe Brown. Uh, maybe. Uh, that, there. How, how would an NBA team not want that kid, though? That's my question, right? I mean, 6'8", can shoot, can mm-hmm. rebound, can really defend. Yeah. I mean, can play. He's a stretch. He could play the guard. He could play. Uh, I mean, if he ends up in the portal, that would be, I think, uh, he'd be right there with Hunter Dickinson for number one in my vote. He's savvy, too, man. Oh. Oh, he was always good, and then Dennis Gates kind of unlocked the star level mm, that he could yeah. hit. And I mean, I saw him. I, I didn't get to go to the game at Mizzou, but I saw him in the SEC tournament twice. And whew, one of the best players I got to see in person last year, that's for sure. Man. Your Knicks have blown this thing open, too, man. Good. Good. So, I, I haven't even been tracking that, but oh, wow. Yeah. Huge that's third good. quarter. I mean, 23 yeah, I, seven. They scored on 23 seven so far in this third well, quarter. Man. That just brings back the last time the Knicks were in the second round. They they were in the same hole. They won game five. They lost game six. So let's hope uh, it's not a repeat, but uh, it could be. But, you know, I, I was so annoyed when everyone was like, oh, the Heat, eight seed. Like, this is not a normal eight seed. Like, if you, if you watch basketball, you know basketball. Like, Jimmy Butler is one of the best postseason performers there is in the league. Uh, Bam is a proven guy. Kyle Lowry is not who he used to be, but. He's a, he's an NBA champ. Uh, I know Black. Tyler Hero got hurt. Yeah, Pat, yeah. Eric Spolstra is a championship coach. You know, mm-hmm. with or without uh, LeBron, he he wins. So it was not. It's not your your mother's eight seed. <laughs> so uh, and, and all these undrafted dudes, Struess and Struess, Robinson, Caleb Martin. Yeah, they you know they just they got dudes, man. Yeah, that heat culture and mm-hmm. Lowry, man, he just. He's just a veteran and knows all the tricks now. He knows all of them. And he's a champ. I mean, he won it in Toronto, which is not – I know he had Kawhi, but that ain't – they've never won it until, you know, that duo together. So, yeah, yeah. yeah everyone's been... like, oh, they're they're going to easily get to the Eastern – no, they're not. <laughs> Miami, maybe if the eight seed was Chicago, like I didn't think they were very good. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who else was in the play in Toronto. So, Atlanta. But <laughs> they're different, man. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, and now, what, a little mini run, they've cut to 14, so, I don't know. Go ahead and close this out. Timeout, Knicks. Don't let them get a little momentum yeah, and make this thing more interesting than it should be. Better. No, and you get, you hopefully get Emmanuel quickly back for game six if there is one, so. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a guy we know and love. And, look, when you're, when you're a Rockets fan like me with no dog in the fight, you didn't sniff mm-hmm. the playoffs, I'm sitting here looking at it like if you go and get the Celtics out of there and if you get the Warriors out of there, if they both get eliminated, that guarantees that a former cat will win a ring. Because you got can tell you guys right. on every other squad. That's <laughs> Maxie, right. Yeah, and I... Maxie, Murray, the Lakers have, you know, three guys. Um Heat have at least two, Bam and Hero. Yeah, Phoenix got Booker. Uh, so everybody else has cats, and yeah, it's just Boston and LA. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Boston and and Golden State. Yeah, or in Golden State, I meant right, right, right. And the Lakers, the Kentucky fans that are Lakers fans, they <laughs> they're frustrated because you know you get two guys on the Knicks. Everybody, all the UK fans start liking the Knicks. You get multiple guys on the Kings. Oh, yeah, we like guys. the Kings. Three oh, big time guys. Yeah. Oh, I like Philadelphia. Oh, I like. 
But nobody ever roots for the UK guys that play for the Lakers. You just no. can't. Oh, it's so root hard, for... man. They're such a hateable team. And look, I respect LeBron a lot. Like, I respect his greatness. But, like, I, I've told you guys the story, I think you and Jalen, where he came to my hometown to make his decision. And we were all, you know, we're, I, I grew up a half hour from New York City. You put the two to two together, like Knicks, right? No. You come to my hometown to pick the Miami freaking heat. So, <laughs> wow. That, yeah. So, wow. Well, yeah. I still have that gripe with LeBron. I, y'all, was, uh, y'all were burning Cavs jerseys too, huh? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. And, like, I mean, I knew, I mean, obviously I wasn't naive to all the ESPN and all whatever the TV talk and kind of already knowing it was going to be Miami all the way, the big three, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, Still, man, you're 30 minutes away from New York City, and you pick a team in South Beach. Like, come mm, on. Yeah, that's that's true. So, how far are you from Bristol, where you grew up? Or- uh, that was north, so that was about an hour and a half, two hours north. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't even think about that from a Knicks fan's perspective. Uh, yeah, Bristol's that- kind of that line where you're probably a Boston sports guy. Okay. So yeah, he got. Got all the Knicks fans' hopes up by coming to do a decision. I didn't even yeah. think about that I mean, angle. I mean, thirty minutes away. Thirty mm-hmm. minutes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, right, literally the uh, the boys and girls club that he um, he did his whole thing at was the train station is across the street, so you can hop on the train and be in Manhattan. You know, <laughs> 35, 40 minutes with all you know whatever stop traffic you get and. Wow. Uh, Brutal. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know if I knew that was in Connecticut. I just knew it was a boys and girls club. Yeah, I knew boys and girls watched club. it. I did not know. I don't even know. Thinking no. back to flipping on the TV, I don't know where it was. I just knew it was in a boys and girls club. I was just thinking anywhere USA. I didn't realize yeah. it was up there right yeah, beside five minutes from my house. Yep. Wow. Unbelievable. Yep. Well. Oh, uh, your Yankees, man. Are we what's, waking yeah. up a little bit? Waking okay. up a little bit. Right. I mean, right. they've swept the god awful Oakland A's, so oh, yeah. you got to do that. Yeah, um, you know, they were able to steal one against the unbeatable Tampa Bay Rays, but easily could have been two. Couldn't get that, so they got four more with Tampa this weekend. We'll see. See how that goes. It won't be easy um, by any means, but they're they're starting to play a little bit better. They got Aaron Judge back in the lineup, so uh, that can't hurt. So we'll see. A lot of season. It's uh, it's May tenth, but I know the Braves lost Max Freed, which yes. sucks because mm-hmm. um, but they're twenty five and eleven. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, best thirty six game start. I mean, which whatever that's worth. Just it's worth a lot with all the success, the, man. In the division, and just just stay sharp, you know, and you already kind of got a grab a stranglehold in the yeah. division already so oh 100 percent. i mean the mets are probably the i would say the mets are probably rather than philadelphia and they're you know they're banged up scherzer's washed i hope my mets friends are listening to that um you know i mean they've lost what 12 in a row or something but uh, they've, show they've 12 out of 15 yeah show yeah, so, getting kicked in a, out in of a crappy, yeah bad stretch too i mean <laughs> they won tonight but but you know they're in a eight they're in a 13 or 12 game stretch where they get they had, I should say, because they played part of it already, where it was Detroit, Colorado, uh, Washington, uh, Cincinnati, and then Washington. And they're two and six. They have one win against Cincinnati. They won one against Colorado. They got swept uh, by Detroit. And for any of my baseball fans out of there, uh, those are not good baseball teams. <laughs> so, 
and you know, in this, I feel like baseball is so it's not top. There's parity still, but for the first time ever, you're seeing like these really bad teams post records that are like hard to look at. Like the A's are eight and thirty, man. Eight and thirty. The Royals are ten and twenty-seven. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals are shockingly thirteen and twenty-four. Like there are yes. some bad records where usually it's like. You know, 70, 92 at the end of the year is bad. And you don't, you, you don't normally, you see some every couple of years with 100 lost teams. But ever since this tanking stuff and the, the payroll and all that, man, you're seeing these really, really god-awful records. And it's kind of sad. Um, so when you don't beat those teams and you're a team like the Mets with a great payroll and are, you know, won 100 games last year uh, and don't take advantage of those stretches, uh, it could bite you in the butt. And the Braves have been able to benefit and build a huge lead because uh, they've done their part and the Mets have sucked. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. I don't, I mean, I don't, to see St. Louis like this, I don't know the Never last time. It. I don't, I can't. I was trying to think. I was talking earlier on another uh-huh. podcast. I mean, they had. Uh, they had the stretch. I forget. It was a couple of years back where they. It was the first time in franchise history they missed the playoffs three years in a row. But they were five hundred or better in all of those years. Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah, it's weird seeing a Cardinals team sub five hundred, let alone way sub five hundred. Yeah, it's still early, like you said. Nobody. Yeah, a lot of ball. Forty games yet, but that division oh, yeah. is upside down. You know, Pittsburgh in first and St. Louis in last. Even Cincinnati, yeah. even, even Cincinnati's ahead of the Cardinals. What's so frustrating is the Yankees in the AL East, man. They'd be in first in the AL Central and they're in last in the AL East. Got to good the AL East. Man. That division is insane. I was just looking. 21-17 oh. and 17 in your last half yeah. game out of fourth. Or... And you're, you would be – the Yankees would be a game and a half up on Minnesota in the <laughs> AL Central. <so. laughs> yeah, that's got to be frustrating for you just like, oh. you know, we go like back to – It's you know how it goes in the NFC East, at least – Last year and most of our lives, not like the last five years before this last year, but Giants were seven and three in third place. <laughs> like, it was like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And was... you know, I mean, the Giants in Dallas at one point were battling for second, and both teams are like nine and three, and you're mm-hmm. like, this is not deserved. So that's right, that's right. Like, um, you know, going back to the Lakers, which you know, no Kentucky fan roots for, nobody does. It's you know, <laughs> but. Rui Hachimura is balling out for them. You know, that game against Memphis or Golden State, where he comes in just hitting everything. And I was like, the, the Wizards fans got to be just nauseous right now. Watching him, high-level <laughs> playoff game, second round of the playoffs, when the Wizards have been rebuilding perpetually forever. And here they trade this guy to the Lakers, and there he is just, you know, Ball crazy. How about Lonnie yeah. Walker? I mean, <laughs> that dude was cooking last night, and that's a what was that? A San Antonio gave up on him, and San Antonio is one of the best player development franchises mm-hmm. there is. Yeah, and it's weird seeing them in the bottom right now too. They're, I mean, oh, they're, bizarre. Whew, just... I mean, they're they're one of the at least in my life in my lifetime, it's probably them, the Lakers, Celtics, and Warriors are the five kind of teams that is in Miami, I guess, too, uh, that you're looking down on. And uh, they have been a – they're a disaster right now. I can't believe Pop is still doing it. Yeah, me too. I thought he would have turned it over. Mm-hmm. And as far as consistency in in your lifetime, past 20 years, probably them and the Patriots. You know they're going to be there every year in the mix to win exactly. a title. 
and, and they were and they're also the old school like that's a great comp because they're the older coaches they're the do your job don't talk much like tim duncan man he just was a <laughs> quiet killer for the most part tony parker manu ginobili i mean those guys were those were, the, those were fun teams to watch and they even have a former cat. Keldon Johnson is playing great. That's right. I mean, there's individually he's having success, even though the team is. Yeah, it gets overlooked with how mm-hmm. bad they are. I think they lost sixty games. How many? Keldon did he lead them? Yeah, twenty-two points per game left them scoring. So mm-hmm. it's enough. To add them to the list of guys who didn't get their full potential at UK and uh, are studs yeah. in the NBA. That's they haven't been that bad since. Probably the year before Duncan, when you know David uh, Robinson was hurt. David Robertson, yeah. David Robinson was hurt that year, and then, I mean, they they didn't really try that hard. So Robinson's out for the year. I think he broke his foot or did something, and so they ended up getting Duncan, which you know messed up Rick Pitino, thinking he was going to get him in Boston and sent his career <laughs> spiraling in a completely different direction. <laughs> but yeah, they, you know, I think they're like twenty and sixty-two the year before Duncan. So, and here they lost 60 games again this year. So, you know, but 25 years of just consistent, you know, you're going to be in the mix for a title. I think they won five in that span. So, I mean, yeah. Nuts. Nuts. Yeah, they were a dynasty. They were, they were one of the more underappreciated dynasties. Yeah. Yeah. And some people knock them because they never went back to back, which, you know, it's, they went to back to back. They just didn't get the job done. But right, right. I believe because they lost to the Pistons. Or was it the, who lost the Pistons? Because they won in 03 against Jersey, and then didn't they didn't they play the Pistons and lose? Yeah, Chauncey Billups. They, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Was the Spurs Pistons two years in a row? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh no, they beat the Lakers. Okay, it was the Lakers. No, was- Pistons beat the Lakers. Yeah, that's okay. right. Because Tayshawn kind of. He did a real good job. Okay, yeah, and then the following year was the Pistons. The Pistons beat the the Spurs beat the Pistons in seven. Okay. Yeah, Robert Ori. Robert Ori with that dunk. Robert Ori dunked. Yeah. He like separated his shoulder and. Yep. It was seven games. Yeah. 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 But those, those Pistons, the only ones that didn't really have a super duper star. I mean, you had some a lot of good players. Rasheed Wallace, Chauncey. Uh, Tayshawn Prince, a lot of good dudes. They never had the mega star, as far as you know. Most teams, you know, Kobe, Shobin, Shaq, LeBron, and Wade and Bosh. Most teams got you know a couple mega stars, but that Piston squad was just a collection of good, solid dudes, and they won a title. So they they kind of did it different, which you know Larry Brown wouldn't have it any other way. That's- <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would not. He was a nice old dude. Though. The last time, time before last, Kansas came to Rupp and uh, covered the game. I just went and kind of stood in the corridor and pretty much watched it from the whole corridor from the players' tunnel. Standing there with Cameron Mills and looked over and there's Larry Brown. So I just said, hey, coach, how you doing? And he was he was nice. And he was like, oh, man, I'm just doing good. He said, I'm just, I'm just torn because, you know, he coached at Kansas, mm. and he had a relationship with Cal because Calipari was an Cal assistant was for him. Yep. So he said, "I like both of these guys so much." So I was just, I was just letting him talk, and he was just kind of like wrestling with, you know, enjoying the game, but hated to see one of his guys end up losing. So it was 
cool little conversation with Larry Brown. That's a pretty great story right there. Yeah, no, I mean, he was he was coaching up until last year in Memphis. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good stuff, man. We kind of hit everything like we always do. Yeah. Yeah, Knicks, I got a little bit of everything. Knicks live to fight another day, looks like. I think so. And, Hope so. Uh, <laughs> like, you, you're already worried about Giants-Eagles on December 25th? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean – yeah, you, you know how good the Eagles are, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the Giants, man, they've, you know, obviously the Giants have been down for a bunch of years. Last year was kind of their first year getting it rolling again. And I think they have a good shot to be just as good, if not better, than last season. But they haven't won in Philly since 2013. So uh, they've won some home games uh, against Philly. They won just last, not this season, but last season. So, you know, they, they've gotten that streak over with, but they just, the link has been a house of hell. And, Boston Scott scores a touchdown every single time we play them. Um, so, yeah, I was not thrilled that game was on Christmas because I want to kind of just relax and uh, enjoy Christmas. Did y'all get Waller? Yes. Did y'all, that, that was, that's old news? So, yeah, that was a couple of weeks, months ago. Yeah, Darren, I mean, the offense looks, I mean, the oh. weapons-wise is a lot better. And then, obviously, you got Jalen Hyatt, who we saw torture Kentucky, so. Know yeah. how good he is. Mm-hmm. So, are the New York fans up in arms about him not running a lot of routes at Tennessee, or not? What's the route tree conversation? Yeah, going? What's, what's I going think. On? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't <laughs> think if it were a first round guy, I think it'd be like, oh, I don't know. But when you get a guy, a talent like that in the third round, I don't think. I think you can. Uh, that can be coached up. I mean, look, Brian. The reason I'm confident is, you had guys, Richie James had an 81% catch rate last year. Isaiah Hodgins was having 100-yard games left and right by the end of the year. If he could coach those guys up, I, I think he could coach up a talent like Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, yeah, and I think, yeah, just because, yeah, Tennessee, you know, like, he didn't do the one through nine no. route. He just ran by state. people. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, but again, what... if it were a first-round pick, I'd be like, uh, I don't know about this one. Uh, I would have rather had Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers, but those guys were off the board. So they get the yeah. corner they needed. We, the NFC wide receivers are I mean, Lamb, McLaurin, Devontae, um, mm-hmm. A.J. Brown. I mean, it's yeah. it's insanity. Uh, I mean, it's it's just stacked, that receiver. So you need some corners to uh, – you can't just have a Dory Jackson. You need another one. So and That's what minicamp's for. Coach these guys right. up and get them ready, man. So. That's right. It'll be that time before we know it. We'll see what happens between now and yeah, next well, week with the portal and if stuff stays quiet and enjoy yeah, hopefully your Basketball-wise, it heats up at least. Uh, I don't know. Football, we'll see. I know. I don't know. There's not much. We'll see what happens with that math kid, but I don't know what else is going to happen there. It'll be fun to watch. Absolutely. Y'all subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, wherever you listen, and also check it out on aseeablue.com. Appreciate them putting the episodes up on the site. Aaron, this is Vinny, man. AG, we'll be back next week with another episode, man. Be safe down there. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'll catch you right back from Lex and get back home. Sounds good. Been another episode of Believe in Kentucky, y'all. We'll be back next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.